In this episode, I look back on an experience that's still fresh in the mind, TEDx Warrington. Now, you may have been there on the night, but if not, you'll soon have the chance to watch all nine amazing talks on YouTube. Anyway, stay tuned for a few thoughts on a memorable night and the concept of TED Talks. My name's Andrew Thorpe. Welcome to Leaning Forward. It's um, a Saturday afternoon. It's almost exactly two days after um, a significant event in my life, which was to host or be the MC at TEDx Warrington. Now, I'm sure you're familiar with TED Talks. Um, they're pretty famous now. They're, they're kind of everywhere. But to be involved in a TEDx event is very exciting, whether you're a speaker, whether you're a coach to the speakers, or whether you are, in fact, an MC, as I was lucky to be the other day. So we had nine speakers. They were, without exception, absolutely brilliant. Um, and looking back at the event, a number of things struck me. And I just wanted to share a few reflections um, on the concept of TED, on the experience of the evening, and maybe some thoughts for you to take forward um, as listeners. Now, when the idea of TED Talks was first uh, put forward was first mooted, um, I th- I suspect there was quite a lot of scepticism. Certainly some people questioned the whole idea. Why on earth would anybody want to come along and sit and listen to nine or ten presentations one after the other uh, and actually pay to do that? Now, of course, that, that scepticism probably comes from uh, the whole concept of death by PowerPoint, uh, whereby business presentations over the years have got a very bad reputation um, because people, are, generally speaking, struggle to do them well. But I think TED Talks has grown in popularity because it just doesn't feel anything like a business presentation. And in fact, that's why they don't call them presentations. They call them talks. And the talks are about uh, an idea. In fact, the slogan or the strapline of TED Talks is ideas worth spreading. So all of the speakers have an idea that they want to present to the audience, indeed to the world, because all these talks are shared online now on YouTube. Um, And they have a very deep personal connection to the theme of their talk. Almost invariably, it's come about as a result or the idea has emerged out of their own personal experiences, either they've gone through a you know a, a painful experience or a challenging experience, or maybe they've um, you know done some very very deep research into a particular topic. So they're very invested in what they talk about, and that's why I think TED Talks are the ultimate in um, authentic presentations. And there's more than just authenticity here. I think there's a degree of vulnerability and courage shown by any of the speakers in standing up and sharing what were quite often very difficult experiences that led them to believe something um, and to want to share that with um, with the world. Now, without exception, the other night we had nine brilliant speakers. They all absolutely nailed their talks. Um, and I think what, what's actually interesting about this is that the, the first version 
um, and the last version of their talks because they went through numerous iterations. They were continually refining them, tinkering with them, honing them to the point where they got them just as they wanted to be, which was the version we saw on stage. But those of us who were part of the, um, you know, the team for TEDx Warrington, and I, I played only a peripheral role here. There were, there were people far more involved than I. Um, we were able to see the various versions that the speakers went through. And almost invariably, they got better over time because they were um, edited. You know, they were honed down. Um, and I think rather like copywriting, um, a, a, a talk usually gets better when you pare away any of the fluffery that, you know, the stuff that doesn't really need to be there because it then gets at the essence of the idea that you're trying to get across um, much in the same way as, as um, you know, edited copy does. Now, I'm not saying that you should deliver a very bare, um, you know, factual proposition to the audience because, you know, if you turned up and say, hello, ladies and gentlemen, delighted to be here. Um, can I just give you my idea? Now, my idea is this. I think you should be doing this. So please follow my advice and thank you very much. Uh, and then you leave the stage. I mean, that really doesn't cut it at all because you, you're not doing justice to the idea then. So it isn't a case of just stripping everything out to the to the very bare bones. It's about stripping out what doesn't need to be there, but making sure that you really, really do justice to what remains um, so that you get the message across nice and clearly. So it resonates with the audience. So it lands well um, and, um, you know, it, it does the job. And I have to say that the, the talks the other night were terrific. And in no small part, that was due to um, a friend of mine, Catherine Sandland, who was the uh, the speaking coach. Um, for that particular event. And she's a terrific speaker. She does a fantastic job helping people to deliver, you know, the talk of their lives, which, of course, the speakers did um, um, on Thursday, two days ago. We're going to take a quick break now to hear from a fellow storyteller and podcaster, Stefano Capiccioni. He's a wizard with words, a collector of tales and I'd thoroughly recommend his show, Storytelling with Puck. Here he is to tell you more. The story I'll, I'll read for you. The once with three little girls. This is a dream that I think really shows how we view transformation. Dreams, emotions, empathy, connection, stories. Storytelling with Puck. Find your next tantalizing tale on your favorite podcast platform or at puckcreations.com forward slash storytelling with Puck podcast. Thanks, Stefano. And now back to our episode. Now, my role at this event as MC was simply to um, get the audience all fired up so that they were kind of ready and primed to, to hear the first of nine speakers um, but also to introduce each of the speakers and to give a sense of flow to the evening. So it didn't feel disjointed, uh, one sort of seamlessly um, led into the other. So my role was a little bit like, you know, gelling the whole thing together. And it was a great privilege to do this. But as I say, my role was very peripheral compared to um, the core support team led by Kirsty James, the, you know, the, the organizer, the license holder of a TEDx in Warrington. 
And she, my goodness me, she put so much effort into these events. Um, and I, I thought it was a triumph um, and a wonderful legacy for her to leave behind. Every time she, she organizes one of these events, it's a, it's an absolute triumph and a legacy that she, uh, she, she leaves us and the memories that are created by these wonderful speakers. But as I say, the speakers are supported by not just the speaker coach, but also a whole host, a team of people who help that event run smoothly. And um, not to mention all the many sponsors and partners who helped make um, the event happen. And if I come back to the, this point about honing and um, you know, polishing the, the talks for a moment, I have to say that in, in my experience, um, the version that comes out on the stage is um, by far the best version of all of the practice versions that I've seen before, whether it's myself that's been speaking previously or whether it's any of the speakers this time around, because you need the audience when you practice. I find it very, very hard to rehearse a talk if it's not if it doesn't really matter if there's no live audience there. Um, yes, you know, you have to practice. You're going through it in your head. You're probably, you know, running around the park as I used to do on my the last one I did in 2016. I used to run around the park um, chattering to myself, which was me, me actually practicing my talk. Um, but I find it very, very difficult to, to get sort of fired up for a practice session. And I think all nine speakers the other night raised their game for the big night largely because it mattered um, and because the audience, they were able to use the energy in the room. The audience was all primed and ready and anticipating and excited. And I think that fuels the performance of the speakers. Um, and without exception that, you know, that their versions of the talks that I've seen were, were far better on the final night uh, than they were in the in the run up in the practice sessions. But if I turn the, the focus a little bit away now from the event and the speakers and more to you, the listeners. Um, I would encourage you to, if you're not really into TED Talks, have a look at some of them, because to my mind, um, it's it's almost like a presenting or presentation university uh, watching TED Talks online, because the, these people have honed their talks to the nth degree. They've worked very, very hard to do justice to the message they're trying to get across and you can see the work that's gone into it, the investment, the time, the effort, the thought. And they're beautifully structured. They're normally delivered very, very well. Um, and you can get really good tips on how to do the same thing for yourself. If you're trying to give a business presentation, for example, um, you know, you, you, you know, you, you see them, you see various techniques at play, such as, you know, opening with a bang, you know, opening with a grabber. Um, so learn from observation of these talks, um, as well as obviously absorbing the ideas that are being presented, because they are designed to make all of our lives better in some way, because that's why the ideas are being shared. And I guess a final point to all of you listening is that um, if you if you have an idea that's brewing, but you haven't really um uh, you know formulated it yet into a, a a position where it's ready to be presented then don't keep it to yourself do some work to to round it into some kind of meaningful message and then do start sharing it share it with friends with colleagues um with family and then ultimately who knows you may even be in a position to give a ted talk uh, which i guess is the ultimate platform in in many respects 
And I've, I've seen so many people who were fearful of public speaking grow as a result of committing to this process. Um, and then they feed off the reaction of the audience. They start to grow in confidence. They think, oh, I'd quite like to do that again. And you almost see them um, uh, growing in front of your very eyes and becoming really good speakers. So do seize the opportunity if you have an idea that's brewing in your mind to develop it and share it. Um, and, um, you know, do let me know how it goes. Let's see. Uh, let's see you on a stage at some point. That's all for now from Leaning Forward. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and do check out my good friend Stefano Capiccioni and his show, Storytelling with Puck. You can find it where you normally listen to your podcasts or at puckcreations.com forward slash storytelling with Puck podcast. See you next time.